Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. What should I look for in trying to find a local church home? Every week, visitors come and go in local churches trying to discover if this is the right church for them. But do they know what they're supposed to be looking for? I fear that so many evangelicals today are looking for things in the local church that bear no weight in Scripture. Do they have a youth group? What kind of music do they play? Those, of course, um, are questions that need to be considered at some point, but we must never start there. That is allowing the world to shape the way that we think about the church. Now, we've been talking about the essential marks of a healthy church these past two weeks, and today and tomorrow, we're going to finish up this series by talking about the gospel itself. I think that, brothers, many Christians who perhaps move into town and are looking for a healthy church, they're looking for all these like secondary things, and the gospel is just kind of assumed. Mm-hmm. And the problem with just assuming the gospel is that that can land yourself in a very unhealthy church. So mm-hmm. Galatians... The, the Paul's letter to the book uh, to the to the church in Galatia is a very good example of when the gospel is, is assumed how that can lead to a very unhealthy church. So yeah. maybe you can give us a little kind of overview of Galatians and how when the gospel was assumed it led to legalism and a very unhealthy church. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, Paul is communicating and and assuming with the Galatians that the gospel is a very specific thing. It's a very specific message about what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And it's all about what God has done by giving his son who laid down his life on the cross for our sins to, to justify us before God. It's the gospel is all about God's doing and none about our doing. And, there's there's several there's kind of two extremes of the way you can glorify human beings because I think the question is when you when you're when you're discerning what's the message a particular church is preaching and teaching is God being glorified or is man being glorified is God being glorified or is man being flattered and one of the ways you can flatter man is by having a bunch of rules that are extra biblical and uh, and maybe even some of them biblical. But what's being preached is all about do more, uh, live up to this standard, uh, try harder. Um, do more, try harder, achieve more. And there's a lot of preaching that sounds, that you, you can make it sound really biblical, but when you boil it down, the real message is try harder. And the, the Galatians had fallen for a false gospel. The, what are sometimes called the Judaizers had come in and said, well, yeah, Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is the Son of God, and he died on the cross for us, 
and we all need to obey every jot and tittle yeah. of the law. Can I emphasize what you just said? Because uh, I think what you just said is so critical. They did not deny the necessity of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yes. They did not deny that Jesus died for their sins. They did not deny that you had to have faith in this Christ. That's right. So, so they agree with um, all evangelicals on that point. Yes. But they said, and. And. And you must live up to this standard and particularly all the, all the details of the Jewish law. Um, and this was, it was measurable. It was uh, achievement oriented. And all of these things have to be done. If you're, if you're, if you're Greek, you're, you're coming out of a Gentile context. The men have to be circumcised and uh, obey, you know, obey the entire law. And Paul takes them to the woodshed like he did no other community in the in the New Testament. Maybe well, maybe Corinth got got the woodshed treatment uh, too. But you know, Paul says, "Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Um, how how can you be falling for this?" Um, they've substituted a gospel of legalism, a, go, a, a false gospel. It's not a gospel at all uh, about measuring up to to a standard. Uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the freedom that, that we're given in the gospel. When you talk about legalism, we just have to make sure that we have it clear in our head that the law is not bad. That's right. Duty is not negative. Right. Obedience doesn't equal legalism. That's correct. Yes. The, the problem is when we talk about law or duty or obedience outside of a context of the generous and loving character of God. Law, duty, obedience is given from God as a gracious gift to his church. Right. Um, it's showing us the, the, the track on which our love runs. Um, it's providing the boundaries with, within which we are, are um, able to live the most free. Um, and so I think sometimes people hear, well, you have to be careful about legalism, and they'll say, well, what that means is I can live however I want. But the opposite of, of legalism is not antinomianism. The opposite of legalism is the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And the correction for legalism is not antinomianism. The correction for legalism is grace, right. is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important that... Um, when you go into a church and you're, you're trying to discern, is this something that would be helpful for my family to be under the preaching and teaching here? What you want to ask is, are they calling me to a life of obedience outside of the grace of God? Yes. And if the answer to that is no um, or yes, then you, you need to move on. Mm-hmm. Right. But if they're calling you to a life of obedience because of, in and through, a relationship with Jesus Christ, a relationship of union with Jesus Christ and empowerment by the Spirit and the grace that comes, then that's a different story. Then then you're in a church that's healthy. You're in a church yes. that is preaching the, the gospel in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um, you're holding in your hand uh, the book, The Whole Christ. We were talking about this. I had it uh, before the broadcast. If you have not read this book, The Whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson, we would heartily recommend it to you. Yes, amen. One of the things that he says in that book is that Adam and Eve, you know, they bought the lie of Satan in the garden when Satan said, uh, you know, eat this fruit for God knows that when you eat of it, 
you'll become just like him. In other words, to translate, God doesn't really love you, he's holding out on you. And that's exactly what Satan does all the time, not only to us as individuals, but to us um, as a church. We get the gospel wrong when we stop believing that God is a generous, loving God in everything that he gives us, including his law. Um, the law does not equal legalism. Um, legalism is is when you think that you have to earn God's love by obeying the law. That's the essence of what legalism is. Yes, and if you obey out of a out, merely out of a sense of duty, like a mercenary obedience. Yes, you're the older brother. Right in the in the parable uh, of the prodigal son, you're the brother that says, "I've labored all these years." Um but didn't really labor to his father. He labored as unto a, a, a slave master. Yeah. And that's, that's the heart of legalism. Yeah. Right. You've, you've stopped seeing the, uh, the generous, loving heart of a father. Yeah. Years ago, I was explaining this dynamic of the gospel to our confirmation class, you know, kids 12, 13 years old. And one of the boys in the class, I could just see the, the lights go on in his eyes. And he said, Phil, he raised his hand. He said, he said, Pastor Phil, he says, I've got, he says, I think I know what you're talking about. He said, uh, I play soccer and I used to have a coach that was always criticizing us, always telling us what we were doing wrong, always just on us and on us and on us. He said, he said, everything that that guy was telling me was right, but I couldn't stand that guy. He said, now we have a new coach and I can tell he really likes me and he cares about me. And he says, I've got a totally different relationship with him and I'll do anything he says. And I nodded my head. You're really onto it. Mm -hmm. God loves you and has given his son for you. And by his grace has made you new and Obedience to, the, uh, obedience to the call of the gospel, obedience to the law of God is now all joy. And yeah, we're going to falter and we're going to fall and we're gonna, there are times we're going to resist. But once again, getting back to looking for a church where the gospel is truly preached and, and where, we're gonna, where, where legalism is avoided, is the gospel being presented as do more, try harder, and this could be... Presented in a lot of different ways, but if yeah. if at the bottom line it is do more, try harder, that's not the gospel. Let me just give one. You said this could be demonstrated in a lot of different ways. Let me just give one way in which this is demonstrated. If you're at a church where they explicitly teach that you can lose your salvation, explicitly, then what they're saying is that Jesus died for your sins, but unless you continue in His grace the father doesn't really love you. And that is an absolute perversion of the gospel. Absolutely. Absolute perversion of the gospel. It's no gospel That at all. means I have to do something in order for God to still love me. That's exactly buying uh, that lie that Sinclair Ferguson was talking about, that the father doesn't really love you. In order for him to continue to love you, you have to do X, Y, and Z. That's dangerous, damnable mm-hmm. legalism. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so important to be in prayer for your pastor. Um, because... Legalism is the heartbeat of all of us. It's not just the person in the pew, it's the person in the pulpit. And so sometimes it's very subtle, it's very easy to then to 
move into preaching the law outside of the gracious character of God, that you preach duty, you preach obedience, which is is good and healthy, that those are, are good things. But if you preach those and then the gospel comes in, goes into the background and is is becomes underneath and and it's not front and center, then then in essence that you a minister can begin to preach legalism, uh, albeit not intentionally, um, but unintentionally, because that also lurks in in our own hearts and lives. Absolutely, yeah. and I w- and I would say, church members, when you when you hear that from your pastor, you might be hearing a you might be hearing a burned out pastor mm-hmm. who needs to be refreshed in the gospel himself. Yeah. Yeah, I think this gets to the heart of, of also how do we as Christians change? And if, if we change by that message, do harder, try more, then we better preach that. Uh-huh. But but that's not how the Bible says we're changed. Yes. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, uh, Paul very clearly says, and we all beholding the glory of the Lord are transformed from one degree of glory to another. And then he makes very clear what that glory of the Lord is in the next chapter. The glory of the Lord is Jesus Christ. That's the highest pinnacle of, G- of the glory of the Lord. In other words, we are transformed when we look at the gospel. Mm-hmm. The, the, the gospel is not, it's, 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 it's a mistake to think that the gospel is for those non-Christians that have come in the room. Now I better <laughs> preach the gospel. No, right. the, the gospel is for the church, it's for, for Christians. The church, yes. And when we hear it, when we hear that, that God sent his only son to die for me, the chief of sinners, that actually, I'm beholding the glory of the Lord at that point, that God would save and have mercy on a sinner like me. And that moves me from one degree of glory to another. That makes me want to obey. That turns, as as William Cooper, the uh, great hymn writer said, that turns duty into delight. That turns choi- uh, our, the law into choice, where we mm-hmm. want to do it. Yep. And, and really that theme, duty as, as delight, is really the theme of, of Psalm 119. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. Uh, We hope that you'll tune in to tomorrow as we start to talk about um, the gospel and antinomianism. And if you want to know what that word means, tune in tomorrow. We'll see you next time. 